Brittany Ross, and I play the fiddle. I'm Catherine Flincham, and I play the pipe. And together, we are Fiddle and Pipe. Two classical musicians who are reading and discussing topics beyond the staff. So grab a book, take a seat, and tune in. Because houses don't exist. Mm-mm. What is a house? That's a house. <laughs> yeah. Houses are is your uh, is your garage band working okay? Does it look like it's fine? It's pretending to record. I don't know where this is gonna save to, but it's making. Well, well when you're done with it, you just hit stop, and then you'll hit save, and you'll direct it where to save. <laughs> Thanks. It's not like it automatically like, and it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you never know. <laughs> Honestly, that South Park meme is. I feel like I apply it to a lot of aspects of my life. The guy typing on the computer and he's like, and it's gone. Mm. So that's my life in a nutshell. That's, that's my money in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. Accurate. Yes. Accurate. Speaking just... of no money, um, we should probably talk about our book where our main character has no money. Is that, is that, is that the plot of the story? I mean, they did make it a point and say that saying that he left the house with no money. So I think, as far as segues go, I think it's an okay one, Matt. <laughs> honestly, I am trying. She's trying to, to live up to her queen of transition title right now. She's living up to it. Do they have money in the Middle Earth? I don't he know. said something about they money. They literally they talk about it, don't they? Yeah. Do they? I don't know. I they like talk about like it? all the gold and riches and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like are they that? trying to get treasure? Oh yeah, I guess. I, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I guess that Isn't that the point of this whole book? I guess I wasn't thinking about gold. Well, there's also a part where he says, "I left the house without my money." That's true. We'll get, we'll get to true. it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. The whole part of him leaving the house was also unbelievable. That's my unpopular opinion. Oh, oh yeah no i agree with that actually the whole first chapter he's like like gandalf like shows up at the door and he's like yo you're gonna go on this mission and Bilbo's like no and then like <laughs> gandalf like like okay fine and leaves and then he comes out with a bunch of dwarves who throw a house party in there and then Bilbo's like no and like he just keeps saying no and then suddenly he agrees to go like how am i supposed to believe that he just had his house trashed by these people do you know this is a fantasy book he didn't know. He didn't want to clean up. He just didn't want to clean up. He didn't want to clean up. Don't. True. True. So true. welcome to another riveting episode of Fiddle and Pipe. I am your co-host, Brittany Ross. Today, I am joined by none other than my co-host, Catherine Flincham. What up? As well as, you heard, two voices. We have two mm-hmm. guests on for our first episode of, if you haven't guessed, The Hobbit. We have in-house on screen because this is virtual matt richards of mm, conversations you know him you love him sometimes we also have making a first time podcasting appearance miss cassie holmes my (laughs) you were not here by accident she's my best friend and i love her and i just wandered in the room i just wandered in in on the zoom room leave leave <laughs> what are y'all talking about on what here? is this i'm on a podcast this is, what i was so excited to do this episode because 
everyone in this conversation right now, this is like three of my four favorite people in the world. All we need is David, and I'd be surrounded by everyone I love most, and I'm just so Aww. happy right now. I love you all so much. Aww, Brittany. You, <laughs> you dumb bitch. I don't, I, don't, I don't think we've ever met before, actually. Who are you? Is it <laughs> hey, wait, I'm here because I only know Matt. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I guess we've already started talking about it, but we read really? the first four chapters of The Hobbit. Oh, I thought it was yes. the first three. Is four. it the first four? Wow. Oh, I, unprepared. Unprepared I surprise. That's <laughs> 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 okay. We'll tell you what happens. I could have sworn it was three. Okay. Like, I was so prepared. I was like, yes, I got three chapters in. Yeah. Um, I will be more prepared next time. The four um, chapter is really short, so you're, you're okay. Yeah. Okay. Did I show you my beautiful okay. illustrated edition of this book? Well, you have an illustrated edition? Wait, oh, do you really like the Hobbit? There's no mm, illustration. That's not, that's not a picture on there. Wait. Okay. I'll see any pictures. There we go. Ooh. Ooh. That's cool. I think that's, that's the, the trolls. trolls. Or the, like yeah, the, the trolls. They did, because yeah. that, sun, that sunlight got them stoned. That's a very so. fancy <laughs> addition you have there. Matt. It is. It, illustrated by Jemima Caitlin. Is, I think oh. how you say her name. So I know Matt, you and I have a history with the Hobbit. I don't know if Catherine and Cassie do, but do you want to oh. share your history with the Hobbit? I will share my history with the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings in general, because okay, I mean a, I didn't ask for all of that, but I, no, it it, it it all ties in. Because... You're gonna get the life story now. <laughs> You're going to learn. Because yeah, I gotta get a second drink. <laughs> when I when I was when I was but a wee lad. Uh, of a mere 12 or 13, uh, you could usually find me watching Star Wars. And if I wasn't watching Star Wars, I was watching Harry Potter. And if I wasn't watching Harry Potter, I was watching Lord of the Rings. It was always one of those three. And so I watched those movies on repeat like a million times. But I didn't read the books until like three years ago. Oh, um, dang. Uh, yeah, so I read the books for the first time three years ago. The Hobbit is a little bit of a different story because the Hobbit movies came out about 10 years ago now, which is weird to think about. Oh my uh, God, but I it's been like 10 years. Feels so yeah. old now. Exactly, you should. Um, but this is, <laughs> I read this book for the first time right before the movie came out. So I actually did read The Hobbit before The Hobbit movies came out. And um, I barely remembered it going into this uh, re reread and discussion. I, I skim read a lot, so I didn't take the whole thing in as well as I should have. That's what but, she said. But yeah, yeah, it is. Because um, she was also reading The Hobbit, so she she said that. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I, I am in love with Lord of the Rings. I will say not as much The Hobbit, just because The Hobbit is kind of like, I don't know, we'll talk about it. So The Hobbit is a kid's fantasy book, and I've read it as a kid, and I loved it as a kid. I read Lord of the Rings when I was maybe in middle school, because Cassie can attest, I was a little dweeb. I mean... But you were also friends with me, who was more dweeb, so you didn't seem that dweeby, it's okay. Yeah, but you at least, like, look normal. I had, like, glasses, and I wore a jacket that had horses on it in middle school. My I was one of those pony. kids that you know was a dweeb in middle school, though. We are borderline a horse girl. It's okay, though. You didn't think you were a horse, so it was okay. No, yeah, I could have been worse. <laughs> you, just, 
your instrument has horse hair on it. That's all that matters. I read The Hobbit as a kid and I loved it. And they made the movies when I was, they made the first one when I was like 18 ish. They made it like we were, when we were like all in We were freshmen. Yeah, we, we were freshmen. Yeah, we were I old. Yeah, and I, like, I liked it, but they converted a 200 page book to three two and a half hour movies. Exactly. Which is kind of excessive. Um, kind of. Voices. I remember loving The Hobbit a lot, and I'm not really someone who rereads books, so rereading this as an adult is really interesting. So I've read this as a kid, and then I think I read it before I saw the first movie. So that was like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. It's definitely weird to reread it and have a different perspective on it. It's kind of like Harry Potter, too. Like, you have a different perspective when you read Harry Potter as an adult versus when you're a kid. Yeah, that's true. Do y'all have a history with The Hobbit? I was going to ask Harry Potter, and I was like, wait, that's the wrong book. What are we talking about? Uh, Harry Potter definitely read The Hobbit in school. (laughs) I read the first four chapters of The Hobbit and could not get through them and stopped reading The Hobbit as a child. (laughs) And today I have done the same thing. My opinion has not changed. So, I'm glad. I'm glad you said that. It's like I find, and this is maybe just a me thing, but maybe other people feel the same. But this is this old writing style is just grating sometimes, and I'm just like, can you get to the point? Like, stop, stop talking about how far you're walking. Stop talking about every tree you see. Just get to the point. Like, that's that's actually one thing I was going to say. I was gonna wait till Catherine and Cassie introduced their history. Catherine, oh. do you have any history? I mean, no, I don't because. I don't know. Lord of the Rings was something that like I never was really into when I was growing up because I remember yes. we had Lord of the Rings. We had the Fellowship of the Ring when it came out, like on VHS. If that tells you anything. Oh. Um, Oh my Early two thousands. <laughs> Wait, can we, can we want to be again? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, rest in peace of VCRs. But for right. real, like I remember, my dad tried to get me to watch it, and I just didn't really understand it. So over the years, like when I was in high school and stuff, I just I never read Lord of the Rings. I remember hearing about The Hobbit and that it was a children's book, and I was like, how? I can't even get past the first twenty minutes of this movie without being bored. And then I think, like, finally, I want to say I was either in college and I finally watched, like, you know how, like, USA or, like, FX or any of those channels, they do, like, a movie marathon for, like, an entire weekend? I did that one day, and I watched all of the Lord of the Rings movies, finally. And then, but I didn't really watch it. Like, I kind of just, like, did a puzzle while I was watching it, Mm. so I was more focused on the puzzle. And then I was kind of into it. I remember I saw The Hobbit, the first Hobbit movie, and I don't remember who I saw it with, but then I remember seeing the third Hobbit movie, and I feel like I might have seen it with you, Brittany. I remember I saw one of the Hobbit movies with you. And then... It's probably the third one, then. I think the first one I might have seen it with Grace. I want to say that's the person. But anyway, I finally, like, fully watched The Lord of the Rings one time during like the best Thanksgiving I ever had and it was my first Thanksgiving here in Denver. Granted, granted I was high, but it was Thanksgiving and we had a lot of food. 
and it was just a wonderful magical experience. And my roommate had the extended versions, so there we are literally... no other versions. There are no other versions. Well, this episode no is coming out on 420 Blaze It, so yeah. So we watched the entire thing and waited for her to get an Uber to go to the airport. We basically pulled an all nighter and oh my god, because <laughs> like she had to go to the airport really early and it was snowing and it was like it was an awesome Thanksgiving. Like it was awesome. We just watched Lord of the Rings and I got really into it and I was like, these are really great movies. Then I heard about the books and I was like, I don't want to read the books. <laughs> And then I had this Hobbit book the entire time because Brittany gave it to me and I never read it because every time I try to read it, I read it after Harry Potter, which is not a good transition. And yeah. I've only read the first three chapters of it, not the fourth chapter of <laughs> Ding Dong. But I mean, like, I think that was what, what was most more annoying was reading this on a plane ride and having Woody next to me, like reading it with me and him being like, I already finished. Can you go to the next page? <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> that tells you anything but yeah I never really read this book and so I'm kind of like reading it like I am for like the first time and I think I'm just trying to like I've had to like read over a few things just to kind of understand like okay like we are in Middle Earth we are not in Harry Potter land we are not in Star Wars land I'm very familiar with those areas so trying to read it like I can see how it's a kid's book for sure but I've had to, like, just read a few things over just to make sure I understand it. You know what I mean? You can tell it's a kid's book because of the voice of the narration, how Tolkien it kind of puts little asides that are really cute. But what I was going to say was I used to love this book as a kid and as a preteen, and it's really hard for me to read it as an adult because like you were saying Matt it is so dry this book was written in 1937 it is almost 100 years old it is hard to read (laughs) especially when you're someone who consumes a lot of I read a lot of contemporary fiction so it's faster paced it's more Mm -hmm. concise I used to always joke in high school that Tolkien would spend five pages describing a door but it's not a joke no, that's not. Does he do that in Lord of the Rings? Doesn't he do that? Yeah. In the- yes, Even the, more the, so. Those, yeah, those three books, uh, I had such a problem getting through them because I know the story so well. So the fact that I was reading a book that I'd never read, but it was a story that I was familiar with, I kept like, okay, when are we going to get to that next part that I really like? Like, can, I, can we just skip to that, please? Like, and it's just slow. Yeah, he's just like, oh, no, we'll get there when we get there. Okay, thanks a lot. Yeah. It is very fluffy, the language. (laughs) It's flowery and pretty, and that's fine. And it's beautiful in its own way, but it's really hard as like a 21st century reader to read it. And I've had to do, I mean, I don't consider myself a dummy or anything, but I've had to do do what Catherine did and basically reread certain sections and be like, okay, do I actually understand what happened? Well, it's so descriptive (laughs) because I'm I'm also thinking, like, if you think back then, like, he wrote this when? In the 30s? Mm -hmm. 1937 was when it was published. And then what did he write with Lord of the Rings? Was that after? It was like the 50s. Yeah, it was like the 50s. Okay. So it seems like, and this is just my basic knowledge, I could be totally wrong, but it seems like he was really just trying to create that Middle Earth like world and make it as descriptive as possible because like movies were a thing in the 30s but not as big of a thing like they are today 
descriptive wise like I'm sure like movies were really vague back in the day there was not much description and it was really expensive probably to see movies at that time during the depression and whatnot seems like he was just trying to set up like a foundation for people to like grow their imagination be immersed yeah be immersed grow their imagination in a way to where like okay like I see this and I see this which I think is really interesting I honestly thought that this book was written like in the 1800s because so. <laughs> I was like, his... I'm like, well, maybe he's just trying to be descriptive because you know movies weren't invented back in the day where you can <laughs> see things. Right? Well, but, yeah. Um... I mean, I'm looking at the first page, and literally, there's an entire paragraph that takes up half the page that's talking about literally the door on his house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also have a map too. Do you guys have a map? I do, but it's um, not in color. I the version I have. I don't know what happened oh, to my version of The Hobbit, but this this is an old edition that David had. Ooh, it's pretty, but recognize that edition. Actually, I, you do. <laughs> yes, I, I think this before. edition was sold when probably when we were in middle school or high school. Mm-hmm. Did you guys ever have this like in your libraries or anything like school libraries? I don't remember this being like in any school library that I was. It was. It was know. there. It was definitely there because I remember people talking about it. Um, my dad had copies though, so I always, if I had needed to, I could use these. And gotcha. uh, I think my sister had to read it for school at some point. See, that wasn't like required. I read anyway. I just read dumb stuff that I don't remember anymore. So. Oh, I remember everything I read for school. And it wasn't The Hobbit. It was not The Hobbit. Most of it was actually kind of traumatic much more traumatic than the hobbit <laughs> i think you and i probably read a lot of the same books yeah yeah i don't remember a lot of the books that we had to read i remember i read alice in wonderland and that was really fun but that was like yeah. my senior year i think i read a snippet of alice in wonderland in middle school and i was like whoa this is a lot weirder than i thought <laughs> yeah it's super trippy <laughs> yeah yeah but I think, like, for The Hobbit, like, what I, I think it might be better to listen to it as an audiobook almost now. Yeah. Because, like, I think I read, like, that he tested it out on his sons by, like, reading it to them or something. Like, it was something supposed to be, like, like a bedtime Smart. story. So I, I was like, oh, kids, maybe yeah. this would be, like, way easier to follow if I just, like, listened to an audiobook. Of I think this yeah. would be a really yeah. cute book to read out loud. That's actually a really yeah, good Yeah, like, I actually think, like... Once I, like, understood that, I was kind of less, like, turned off by it. But, like, yeah, I think that, like, made a lot more sense. Because I'm the type, I, like, really, like, terse, like, writing. <laughs> and this is, like, the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. It yeah. really is. Yeah, I like yeah, it when but... authors are direct. That You can be descriptive while also being direct. And yeah. you don't have to, you don't have to meander and go off on tangents. Because he, he does that a lot. He'll be describing something and he'd be like and this relates to this which is like this and he goes on about that for a paragraph and... yeah it definitely seems yeah. very like audio story stare yeah what am i trying to yeah. say storytelling focus mm-hmm. i guess in having that perspective the first paragraph just whenever i hear the first sentence right out loud i'm like oh that's home so the first paragraph yeah. is in a hole in the ground there lived a hobbit not a nasty dirty wet hole filled with the ends of worms and an oozy smell, nor yet a dry, bare, sandy hole with nothing in it to sit down on or to eat. It was a hobbit hole, and that means comfort. 
See, like that. That's you what like, she hear, said. Like, as a kid at bedtime, like somebody could read you that. Yeah. Yeah, and, I can like, see it now. Be easy to follow, but like on the page when you're looking at it, you're just like, oh god. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it's so much. It's rough on the page. Wow, I think we're doing this all wrong. I think we should actually, our episodes should be just us reading it out loud. You will have content for the next, like, three years. <laughs> you really would. I will, I, I will literally do all the voices. Actually, the voices are fun. I will, I will do every voice in this book because I like doing it. Wait, doesn't Gollum show up in this book, too? He does. And, oh, wait. Yes. yes, he could. He's yeah. in the middle of it. You should do a golem voice. That's a very uh, <laughs> tricky one to pull off. You can't do it. <laughs> my, my precious. There you go. You warmed up into it. <laughs> you did a really kind good uh, Emperor Palpatine one, so I. I, I do. do. I like my Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> good. Join me, and together we will read The Hobbit as father and son. That's Darth Vader. What am I talking about? <laughs> I was like, what? I slipped, I slipped, I slipped into Darth Vader. Yeah. What am I doing? Two worlds collide. This is just a crossover at this point. Well, we should probably just dive into the book, and we can obviously keep talking about it as we dive into it. So the introduction of the book brings us to Mr. Bilbo Baggins, who Bilbo. is... He is a no-nonsense hobbit. He is prim, proper, polite. He is always on time for things. He is very clean. He keeps his house very, very clean, very tidy. Very dwarf-free. 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 However, he has a genetic wild streak. A predisposition towards adventure, because... He was on his mom's side, the Took side of the family. There's like some fairy yeah. that married into the family or something. So that side of the family is a little, little something. Like, I wish I could blame my eccentricities on my genetics. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, my 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 fairy, my fairy father. He uh, gave me those crazy genetics. <laughs> So he has like a predisposition towards adventure, but he in himself is not an adventurous person, and it's so far. He just seems like a nice homebody. Like yeah, it's like I can relate. It's like so far removed. It's like not a big deal for him. He's you know vibing, living his life. He likes living in his hole, his hobbit hole, his hobbit hole. That's what Matt, she's... you gotta stop. <laughs> I will stop. <laughs> you already knew he was gonna say it. <laughs> I heard him saying it when I was reading the first paragraph, and I wanted to acknowledge it and ignore it at the same time. <laughs> are y'all waiting on me to tell the story? Okay. You were, you were doing such yeah, a good Yeah, you're telling us the story, so, you know. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I'll just read you a whole damn book. Apparently, we have to recount chapter four to Catherine because she didn't read it oh yeah bad co-host i will read it i promise i should have read it i thought i'm reading three chapters nah fam you just don't (laughs) (laughs) it happens it happens so gandalf the wizard visits unexpectedly i'll do gandalf's voice if we get to a gandalf quote 
I mean, you're welcome to take over if you want to. No, you tell the story. I'll just do his voice. Okay. So Gandalf visits unexpectedly, and he says that he's looking for someone for an adventure. And Bilbo gets hella shook by this, and he veers wildly between being really excited about the concept of adventure and panic that there might be adventure at his door. I feel you, Bilbo. I feel you. He mostly seems panicked to me. (laughs) Well, he veers wildly between... Okay, there was like... Well, I like the line where he's like saying he tries to ignore Gandalf and then he says, good morning, he said at last. We don't want any adventures here, thank you. You might try over the hill or across the water. By this he meant that the conversation was at an end. Like, he's basically like blowing him off. Like, I don't want to do this. And I totally relate because... Get you, Bilbo. I just want to smoke my pipe all day and chill in my hobbit hole. Gandalf was like, "Are you trying to get rid of me?" <laughs> and then nice. Bilbo, being so goddamn polite, he's like, "No." He's like, "You clearly don't want to see me." Not at all. Not at all, my dear sir. Let me see. I don't think I know your name. <laughs> so he's like, he's like obviously real frazzled. And then Gandalf introduces himself, and Bilbo Bilbo. is like, not the wandering wizard that gave old Took a pair of magic diamond studs that fastened themselves and never came undone till ordered, not the fellow who used to tell such wonderful tales at parties about dragons and goblins and giants and the rescue princesses and the unexpected luck of widow's sons, not the man that used to make such particularly excellent fireworks. I remember those. Old Tuck used to have them on Midsummer's Eve. Splendid. They used to go up like great lilies and snapdragons and labyrinths. Is that a flower? I don't know. We're going to gloss over that word because I don't know it in a kid's book. Of fire and hang in the twilight all evening. So he's obviously like very excited and excitable by the cause of the panicking. Do you think that's more panic? I thought because he's. Well, it sounds like he's excited and he like, he's like, oh, Gantoff? Like what? But I, I guess think on the other is... side. No, like he doesn't want to yeah. go to the I get it. It depends on your reflection on how you read it. Because I can have that as like, like, oh, no, this guy did all this stuff and he's trying to force me to do these things. Or it could be like, oh, these are fun childhood stories I heard. Like, I want to see these. Matt, did you send me the dictionary result for the flower that I couldn't pronounce? Oh, a labernum. Oh, those are pretty. Wait, is that the tree? That's a tree. It? No, it's, it's like the tree with those hanging flowers on it. Yeah. Oh! That's re- that's... I... So it looks yeah. kind of like a yellow weeping willow. Yeah. Looks pretty. pretty. You're poisonous. Aww. Everything that's pretty is poisonous. <laughs> and I'd be like, I want to rub my face on this. <laughs> So I'd be dead. Cassie would be alive. Drapey, drapey plants? I don't trust them. They're usually poisonous. <laughs> no, I want drapey plants all over the place. All the it's a wonder plants. I've survived this long. The reason why I think it's excitable, I'll keep going. He says, Not the Gandalf who was responsible for so many quiet lads and lasses going off into the blue for mad adventures. Anything from climbing trees to visiting elves or sailing ships, sailing to other shores. Bless me. Life used to be so quite in... I mean, used to upset things pretty badly in these parts once upon a time. So it seems like he's, he's like, wow, this is really interesting and exciting. Then he catches himself. He's like, wait, I'm supposed to be prim and proper. This is not my vibe. It is his vibe. Mm -hmm. Plot twist. 
But I guess you're right, Cassie. It does depend on how you read it, because when someone says that something's interesting, that doesn't always mean it's a good thing. So maybe I was taking it at face value. I wonder what Gandalf did to make the hobbits upset. Well, he just that listed it all makes off. makes them leave their hobbit holes. He oh, brings yeah, them on that. crazy adventures and brings, <laughs> like, crazy stuff to their And hobbits their houses. don't do that. No, from, hobbits like, what I'm are assuming. just... They're yes, quiet folk. most unorthodox. Yes. They're quiet folk who love garden parties and eating five times a day and... Second breakfast. Five times a day? What about second breakfast? It's like breakfast, second breakfast. I can relate to second breakfast. What about elevenses? Supper, dinner. Dinner, supper, afternoon tea. What about them? I wish my life had so many times for snacks. During Bilbo's wild swings between panic and excitement and interest and manic episodes, he invites Gandalf over to tea the following day, kind of frantically. And then he closes the door in Gandalf's face and he's like, why the hell did I invite him over to tea? Because he's a nice person. That's why. And then... Gandalf scratches a sign in the door, but Bilbo doesn't know. Nope. Gandalf is kind of a shady dude. He really is. He knows what he's doing. He's Okay, I have a question. Do you think Gandalf can, like, predict the future, though? Because, like, I don't know. He's a wizard. So maybe he has, like, this intuition that Bilbo is going to do this, like, journey. And he's like, I'm going to approach him and do this. And he's going to still do this, even though he's being really finicky about this. Do you think, like, he can tell that he's going to do it? Like, predict something is going to happen? Or am I just... They keep his powers pretty vague, so... Well, also, like, how old is Gandalf? At least, like, 30,000 years. What? 30? 30? Most of the characters in this series are at least thousands of years. And Gandalf is, like, he, he's one of the oldest. I don't know what I would do with myself for 3,000 years. I would not care about treasure with a dragon anymore if I was 30,000 years old. <laughs> like, you've done that so many times. Been there, done that. I mean, he's probably like, what am I actually doing? Like, I have nothing better to do. Well, wouldn't probably that just, like, drive you to madness? I mean, probably. <laughs> <laughs> when did Saruman the Wise abandon reason for madness? That's the real question. Did he just get bored in his 3,000 years and hung out, like, in the Hobbit area? He's like, I'm gonna fuck with this hobbit. Thirty thousand years old, I can believe that he would just decide to randomly pick on one hobbit. He probably yeah. walked around the village and like tapped on all the doors and picked his favorite one and then walked in the front door. <laughs> exactly. He's like, I'm working on today. Nothing better to do. Just so you know, the closest approximation of Gandalf's physical age is twenty-four thousand. Jesus. That's still disturbing. What? Yeah. So, my man has been around. I mean, if you're gonna just go hang out with a group of people, the hobbits are probably the best ones because they throw mad lit parties. That's true. True. You might as well get drunk. You might as well show off some fireworks and just have a good old time. Yeah, they're all about the hang, and I'm also all about the hang, so I feel like I'd vibe with them pretty well. The following day, Bilbo... Almost forgets that he invited Gandalf over. 
and suddenly a bunch of doors arrive at his door. <laughs> can, can relate. <laughs> but only in sets of like one or two at a time. I'm gonna comment on the movie a little bit because I feel like this kind of thing, the fact that there's 13 of these dwarves, that works in like a little storybook setting because you don't really care which one's which. But in the movie, they still had 13 dwarves and I'm like, wait, okay, which one is this one? There's the fat one, there's the handsome one, there's the old one, there's the handsome one. I was just like, why does it have to be 13 in the movie? Like they could have trimmed out like six of those dwarves and no one would have cared because nobody cares about most of the dwarves. That's rude to dwarves though. I know, that's a little bit You're racist. Lumping them all together. Yeah. That is a little bit racist. <laughs> all, all dwarves look the same. I can't tell them apart. You can't say that, Matt. I can't tell them. At least seeing the first movie and seeing them like come in and everything, and I was like, who's who? Like, how am I supposed to know who's who? The only like one I remember really identifying was Thorin. Is that the name? Yeah, because he's yeah. the leader. He's supposed to be the handsome one because he's the leader. Yeah, like, that's the only one I really recognize, like, on top of my head that I can remember from the movie. Because, like, I tried watching that movie, like, a few months ago, but I fell asleep within the first, like, 20 minutes, because that's what happens when I get really comfy and watch a movie. I just remember seeing him be like, I remember him, and then I knocked out, passed out, <laughs> asleep. But I couldn't there's, recognize anybody else. <laughs> there's a cheat sheet for the dwarves for the movie. <laughs> Wait, really? We need this! Where was this guide in the movie theater? I just know Bomber is the fat one. That's the only Next thing. Next time you guys watch The Hobbit, you can look at this cheat sheet. Yeah, <laughs> need this. Saving it has this. their beards and their oh, hair wow. drawn. So you can know which one is which. Oh my without God. their hairstyles, you couldn't tell them apart, I guess. But they still look all alike in the like, illustration. They probably could have tried to cast more diversely, that's for sure. <laughs> There are no black people in Middle Earth. There's, there's only, only two, two women, women in Middle Earth. <laughs> I guess, yeah, there's there's three women, because I guess we count uh, uh, Galadriel. And then there's all these other... Like, they have different races, but they're all kind of sort of based on the same thing. But that's another issue. Yeah, it's a, it's a very male-focused series, but it also was written mm -hmm. in the 1930s. Yeah. Yeah. Where, yeah. like, kind of white men were what you saw. <laughs> Yeah, when when I was alive in the thirties, white men was what I saw. Same. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Matt, do you want to introduce the dwarves? Um, sure. Like I said, I get them confused all the time. But uh, let's see, what order do they go in? They start with so Dwalin, Balin, Keely, Feely, who are brothers, Keely and Feely, or maybe are they? I thought it was uh, Dwalin and Balin. Or is it Dwalin and Balin? No, I think it's Dwalin. They say Dwalin in the movie. Okay, Dwalin. Dory, Ori, and Nori. <laughs> That's the other problem. Half of these people's names rhyme. It's like Dwalin, Balin, Keely, Feely, Dory, Nori, Ori, Oin, Gloin. though, at least. You can remember that he's... That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Biffer, Bofer, and Bomber. And then Thorin is the only one that doesn't have a name that sounds like Sound anything. like... Pokemon evolution. I know, it's like, you're <laughs> Dwalin evolves into Balin at level 30. Dory evolves into Nori. Nori evolves into Ori. Oh, I mean, man. you're not wrong. You're not wrong. So, yeah. It's, oh, it's, it's, 
I think that's fu- funny how he made them rhyme, but it also does make it a little confusing. But it's also good for kids. Mm-hmm. Because it sounds like he's kind of making it up on the spot. He's like, and there were 13 doors. Uh, there's Dwalin <laughs> yeah, and Dwalin uh, and Balin and uh, Keely and, you know. And Feely. And- and, <laughs> yeah. And, you know. It sounds like something a parent, like when they're sitting by their kid's bedside and they're trying to make their own, <laughs> make up their own stories, what they would make up. Knowing that he read this to his kids, it makes a lot of sense why yeah. some of these name- names exist. Yeah, I picture Tolkien go, he's like, yeah, there were 13 dwarves. And his son was like, Wait, but what were their names? And he's like, um, fuck. uh, 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 uh Bofer, uh, Bomber, uh, <laughs> fuck, I don't know. <laughs> Here, you, you make them up for me. You, Dory, you Nori, me. Ori, I don't know. <laughs> Dory, Nori, Nori, sure, why not? You know, so yeah. He just kind of accepts, well, he doesn't really accept them into his house. He just kind of is like, no, wait, don't do that. And they just kind of like burst in. He, like, lets them come in. Yeah. They just and they literally eat all in. his food and drink yeah. all his booze. And he's just like, what the hell? My favorite thing is that he's trying so hard to still be polite and, like, the best host ever. Mm-hmm. As he's letting all these people into their house and they're literally eating him out of house and yeah. all. Yeah. They're yeah. eating him out. Yeah, that's gross. He's just like, can you just leave already? Like, please. Yeah, like, I would, but- I would be that way. Low key, that's me at a lot of parties. I'm I would like, start okay, a fire somewhere and be like, "Oh, there's a fire! Yeah. Like, please." Oh, because you go. have to leave. I'm sorry. You know that really sucks. <laughs> oh, we're out of food. Oh. It's getting late. Better go. <laughs> Hey, you look kind of peppy. I am peppy because I just drank a cup of coffee from La Belle Rosette Espresso and Wine Bar. That's in Denver, right? Yep. We are located right across the street from the University of Denver. And do they have more than just espresso and wine? Yeah, we have breakfast burritos, paninis, pastries, teas. We have a lot. If someone was walking through Denver and let's say this person was me and let's say I wanted a panini, when is LaBelle open so I can go and get one? We are open from 7 to 5 Monday through Friday, 7 to 2 on Saturdays, 8 to 2 on Sundays. And if you use the code FPPODCAST, you'll get 15% off your order, whether you're in store or online at labellerosette.com. That's a really good deal. Totally a good deal, and it's even a better deal when you get to see moi at the store. Is that a good deal? Uh, not really, but I actually need to head to work right now because I'm gonna be late. Oh, so I'm gonna go. Go to La Belle Rosette. Go. Bye. Right now. <laughs> Drop everything. Go. So you know how when you have people over at your house and they're staying over later than expected and it's kind of getting to the next meal time and you want to figure out what's going on, like what's the plan? You don't really want to passive aggressively kick people out, but you're like, I'm going to passive aggressively ask if they're staying for the next meal. Mm-hmm. I was just have saying, you all ever could, done that? Because I've been in that yeah, position before. Exactly. It's like, can you imagine if this took place in modern times? Like, it's like, okay, are, am I ordering food for everybody tonight? Like. So Bilbo's like, are y'all staying for din? And they're all like, hell yes. <laughs> oh, you should have said so earlier. Let's just do it. He's like, well, since you asked us to, I guess we will. And then they all stay super late and they have a little jam session, which is cute. It reminds me of the parties that we've been having recently. Where... You want me to sing the song? <laughs> yes, please. Far over... The misty mountains rise. 
They have a jam session with little fiddles, flutes, a drum, clarinets, and viols. Wait, wait, they had a jam session with fiddles and pipes? Is that what you're saying? Yeah! That's yes! so, I didn't know you guys were there. Why didn't you tell me this was... I didn't know we were there. <laughs> you know what? This actually happened at our last party, so... Oh my god. This recording back a week. It all makes sense yeah. now. Yeah, we're, we're, we are the dwarves. <laughs> You had to play the music. <laughs> Can you tell by how short and hairy we are? Yeah, we have beards, all of us. Of course. We have beards right now. I only see the thickest, bushiest beards. My illustrated version has a picture of the dwarves playing, like, a cello-looking thing, and his bow is definitely pointed towards the ground, and it bothers me a lot. That's a veal. That's a veal, yeah. You know what? It looks I like a cello. Seen a veal are you a I have player? seen it. Yes, but I, uh, I just said it's a cello-looking thing for Wait, people show who tell, might not show know what a veal is. Can you show it to us? Let's see. Can you see? Aww. Yeah, that's a veal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But his bow is still pointed down, and it's annoying me. <laughs> can we talk about the songs in this, though? There's a lot of them. Like, how the there are long-ass songs, and I basically skimmed them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it takes up the whole page. Yeah. Could you imagine, though... Being in Bilbo's place at this moment, because he's like, I want these doors to get the fuck out of my house right now. And they're singing a damn song that's lasting like a whole page and a half. Like, come on, man. Wait, where are the dwarves staying? Do they explain that? <laughs> they're staying at the hobbit hole. <laughs> yeah, right? Okay. They just want to keep... Yeah, I think it's assumed that there's a bunch of extra rooms and... Yeah, they're staying there and they're just like treating it like their own house. That's why they're up singing... Yeah, they basically are. Exactly. It's like they're having a house party and they pass out on a couch. I will say, with the songs, though, I do like it when in fantasy books they have songs and then people make actual versions of them. I think that's cute. It is cute. I agree. So Thorin tries to explain what's going on, but Bilbo basically has a panic attack, so they just put him in another room. <laughs> Which I think is the funniest shit. I would too. He's like probably like planning on being alone. <laughs> That's why I also believe that his exclamations earlier when he first met Gandalf were a panic attack and not excitement. <laughs> mm. Yeah. That's true. He has some social anxiety because he, mm -hmm. he doesn't really mm -hmm. know how to be firm with these people, even though mm -hmm. they're clearly invading his house. And he didn't even have to go through a pandemic to grow that social anxiety, so. No, no. He, he's just like, I just like being in my house. I don't care. Right? When exactly. I went back to the office, I was like, how do I talk to humans? What are they? <laughs> mm -hmm. Agreed. How do I talk to hobbits? What are they? I don't know how to talk to hobbits. I would definitely have social anxiety with them. Yeah. They'd just invite you to a party and you'd be like, uh, 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 I guess. Uh, uh. This panic attack basically makes the dwarves question if Bilbo can even handle their adventure. Yeah, I think and that's fair. <laughs> yeah, which is like super fair because we're like, if he's getting all huffy over the idea of an actual adventure like can we trust him and then Bilbo gets like super pissy and tells them that they have the wrong house and that he doesn't know them and he doesn't know what a burglar is but he will try whatever it was they were alluding to he doesn't know what a burglar is 
Because <laughs> that, that's what they call him. They call him a burglar. I mean, I guess maybe he's never heard the word before because they don't steal in the Shire or something. I don't know. Yeah, I'm like, do they not have crime in the Shire? <laughs> Probably not. They're probably super happy and chill. Been crime-free since. Smoking their pipes. Must be well, nice. Everybody's too high. When they start talking initially, they don't really give any context for what's going on. Yeah. When Bilbo loses his shit. Doesn't, like, Thorin just, like, call him, like, a fellow conspirator and audacious hobbit? And just, like, starts getting into the journey, and Bilbo's just kind of like, wait, what? Like, what are we doing? Like, I didn't... I don't want to be part of this. That's what it seemed like. Yeah. He wasn't specific about, like, what the journey entailed until, like, the end-ish part of the chapter. Yeah, and then he's goes on to say that they met to discuss their plans... And that they're going to basically go on their adventure the following day. That's so soon, too. And then he says, our, our object is, I take it, well known to us all, to the esteemable Mr. Baggins, and perhaps to one or two of our younger dwarves. I think I should be right in naming Keely and Feely, for instance. The exact situation at the moment may require a brief explanation. And that's when Bilbo kind of loses his shit. <laughs> Which kind of makes sense, because he's... Thorne's saying a lot of this important stuff, but not with really any context. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They haven't really had, like, a conversation to sit down and for Thorne to be like, hey, like, can you do this? Right. And then after 24,000 years of life, Gandalf didn't foresee it. <laughs> <laughs> no, Gandalf just thinks this is all fun. <laughs> He's, like, watching it in the background, like, this is great. <laughs> this is nice. Gandalf is like, at this point, I don't care if you get your mountain back or not. I'm just here for the ride. Yeah. And then we get, like, a story about, like, basically, like, about Dale. Is that the city? Yeah, so Thorin basically explains that his family was driven out of the north to this mountain that had gold and jewels, and basically all the dwarves, like, lived there and settled settled there, and they had a great relationship with the men in the city of Dale. And they had a great working relationship. The men would send their sons to go apprentice with the dwarves. And in return, they'd send them food and shit. They earned a lot of food, respect, and money. And then Smog the dragon eventually came to the mountain and just killed a bunch of dwarves and took over the mountain. Smog. Even when I saw the movie, I didn't realize that Smog was like... Like, I thought it was just like a dragon, no voice... No nothing. Just like a dragon, being a dragon. Did not realize that, like, dragons were, like, into gold or whatnot. I was sitting there and I was like, wait, so, like, like, the dragon, like, talks to people? Yeah, in this world, dragon dragons are, like, hyper-intelligent and they're able to, like, actually talk. It's yeah. strange, I guess. Yeah, I never seen the second film. <laughs> So. Have you ever heard of that whole thing where people say, like, they hoard their money like a dragon? Um, kind of? Maybe not? I mean, I imagine this is probably where that comes from. Yeah, I think he popularized that idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because every time I think about dragons, I think about, like, the character dragon from Shrek, where dragon's <laughs> just a dragon, <laughs> like, guarding the tower. Yeah. Dragons used to be like evil, scary creatures, and I don't yeah think they are so much anymore. Well, no. 
evil, not necessarily, but there, there's a lot of intimidation factor. I think about how I, had, I, I knew in our Spanish class they weren't reading the journals they wrote every day, so I wrote my entire journal about dragons hoarding their money and fighting with each other. <laughs> Nobody read it, obviously. They just gave me a hundred, and if they knew that, if they read it, they would have been like, what is wrong with you? Oh, man, I love that. I wish I had that. Mother of dragons. <laughs> so then, Gandalf has a map that Thorin's dad gave to Gandalf to give to Thorin. And Bilbo looks at this map and says that there's a side door back into the cave. And he suggests that the dragon has to sleep at some point. And he suggests that they go in while, while he's sleeping. And he's like, and, you know, we should go to bed because we have to get an early start. He's, like, trying to wrap the party up. And everyone's response is to put in their breakfast order, which I thought was really funny. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, can I have this for breakfast? Because I guess, like, they're expected to have food the next day and eat up more of Bilbo's food, which probably is giving him anxiety right now. It's like mm-hmm. hotel service. Okay. But I have to go to the grocery store. Um, yeah, I don't think I'm that much of a doormat, at least. <laughs> the fact that he doesn't... <laughs> <laughs> you will not like, eat my food. Them, you literally just like lets food. them sleep in his like hobbit hole. They're like, oh yeah, like you can sleep in these rooms. I think at my... that point he's just kind of like, what oh. the fuck ever, just whatever, just let me go to bed. I guess his house is already trashed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So that brings us to chapter two, which is called roast mutton. It's delicious. Mm. Yeah. Mm, mutton. Have, have I had mutton before? Mm-hmm. I actually have not, but I'm. The way they describe it, it sounds delicious, so I would like to try it. What is mutton? Isn't it lamb? Um, I think it's lamb, yeah. I have had lamb, so if it's if it's close to lamb, then... It might be a part of the lamb. Yeah. Let me see. The first chapter was, like, a doozy, and then the other three were pretty... were, like, fairly short, which is nice. Well, this one, it was, like, he had, like, what? A note that said, hey, can you meet us at the dragon... the green dragon in at like a certain time and then he like looked at the clock and it was like 15 minutes like yeah Bilbo got up and the house was an absolute mess and he cleaned it and everything you're right Captain they left a note on the fireplace because Bilbo just kind of woke up in like the middle of the morning yeah and they already ate breakfast too and he was just like well great like I don't have to make breakfast but I get to clean up this hot mess (laughs) Yeah, and then Gandalf poked his head in. He was just like, you're only going to have ten minutes. Did you not get the note? Oh, you didn't dust your fireplace? He's probably legit stalking Bilbo at this point. Like, he probably has been, like, sitting behind a bush, like, watching Bilbo's every activity, like, move. And finally he's like, hey, man, like, you got 15 minutes left. You got to make it to the green inn before, green dragon inn before you miss the adventure. Like... Candle's just being a troll, and I mean that literally. <laughs> it's the only thing you can find joy in after being 24,000 years old. Exactly, there's nothing better to do. It's like, I've messed with people for so long, it, it gets me every time. <laughs> it's the only thing that still gets them up. <laughs> and like, Gandalf is like, yeah, no, go. And, he, and Bilbo literally goes with like, no money, no clothes. 
But who needs those things? Like, I'd be a hot mess. My favorite thing is... I don't know, man. When he gets to the inn, and they're like, Yay, you're here. Round of applause. Bilbo's like, Oh, well, like, I can't go on the adventure because I forgot my pocket handkerchief and my money and my hat. So... Like, shrugging emoji. <laughs> I mean, I forgot my makeup. I forgot my makeup. I forgot my mirror. My eyeliner. Reasonable I forgot my iPod. Yeah. <laughs> Mom, I forgot my Game Boy. You have to turn around. He's, like, so obviously trying to get out of it. With, like, these, these little luxury items. I don't know. That tickled me. I thought it was funny. I mean, they're fair excuses. He's probably just like, I don't want to be on this adventure and I'm going to try and make as much excuse as possible not to be on this thing so I can go back home and drink some tea and smoke my pipe. Like, totally. That's why I think he was panicking and it wasn't actually excitement. It was panic. Mm. Mm -hmm. This is actually a psychological analysis of Bilbo Baggins. This whole book. I was going to say, I feel like we need to do like a case study (laughs) (laughs) and like a listener vote. It seems like in Lord of the Rings, and this is just based off the movies, I haven't read the books, but it seems like Frodo's like the complete opposite, where he's like, yeah, like, I want to go on an adventure, and Bilbo's like, fuck no. Frodo's kind of a stick in the mud, sometimes. I think it's a little different at that point, too, because isn't Frodo Bilbo's nephew? Yeah, he just kind of yeah. admires his uncle. And... Yeah, so it's like well known at that point that his uncle went on this grand adventure. Yeah. yeah. So he's just like, oh, I like hearing his stories. They, they sound cool. And I guess, like, because, like, I watched Lord of the Rings first before I even, like, saw The Hobbit. I guess, like, seeing that Bilbo is just, like, more of a homebody and not much of, like, going on adventure is, like, weird to me. Maybe this is me, like, starting off with, like, the second, like, the sequel versus, like, the first book. Because I did that with Harry Potter. I read The Chamber of Secrets first, and then I read The Sorcerer's Stone. Ooh. that's okay i skipped the fourth book and in the fifth book the whole time i was like who is cedric what the hell <laughs> i was so confused. like why do i care about him like i don't even remember him why is he dead like it's because he was a vampire he ended yeah, up being he, a vampire he was going to go be with his mortal girlfriend where are we bilbo meets up the, with the dwarves that's he does he meets up with off. the company mm-hmm. so they leave the inn and gandalf ends up bringing handkerchiefs and Bilbo's pipe and tobacco, and Bilbo's like, oh, adventures aren't so bad, but then he gets moody when the weather turns. Same. He's such a fair-weather person. I think it's really funny. Imagine this, Brittany. We plan to hike the entire Appalachian Trail and camp together, and you walk out the front door, and it starts pouring. I'd be pissed. I'm gonna turn back in and walk back in the front door. I'm sorry. I'm the fair-weather. And camping sucks. <laughs> I've never been camping. I said I said we need to go. Also related to the world of Middle Earth, uh, there were some dudes that did a. Uh, they went to New Zealand and hiked the whole way from where they filmed the Shire in the movies to where they filmed Mount Doom in the movies. Ooh. And they were like, "Ooh, we're we're actually you know mean. walking the trail of Frodo and Sam." So I, I thought that was cool, and that's like. That's an ambition. One day we'll go to New Zealand and we'll walk the trail of Frodo and Sam. That'd be really yeah, cool. Yeah, that's really neat. So they decide to stop for the night and then they notice that Gandalf is missing. And then everything starts turning. They One of the ponies ran off. 
and they're all upset, and everything is too wet for a fire. Yeah, it is. They end up seeing something in the distance, some light. A red glowing light, it seems like. A red glow in the distance. It's funny in this book, because every time something's about to happen, Gandalf just suddenly fucks off to somewhere else. And it's it's literally like, that happens like three or four times. And I remember that in the book. And I was just like, Gandalf's just overpowered, so they just need to get rid of him. Yeah. They have no trouble. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I didn't even think about it like that, but that makes a lot of sense. Because it's literally just like, Gandalf's like, oh yeah, I'm going to go do some shit. And then they they never address it. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, oh yeah, I finished what I was doing. So I'm back now for like two days and he's gone again. It is very, what is that? Is that Deus Ex Machina? Kind of, but I, I mean, I guess not really, because it's not like he came out of nowhere. It's like we know he was here, and he's gone, and now he's back. But he comes so, out of nowhere when he comes back. <laughs> kind of, but I guess mm-hmm. since we know Gandalf exists, I guess it's not real. I don't know. I, I, I'm not a literature major. <laughs> so they all collectively sneak up closer, and then they then they determine that it's a fire and then they like, oh, let's send in our burglar to figure out what's up. So Bilbo sneaks closer and he sees that it's three trolls. Internet trolls. Also, they were like telling him, like, if you need to like, you know, call for us, like, what is it? Okay. If you can't hoot twice like a barn owl and once like a screech owl and we'll do what we can. Like I'm sitting there like, what's the difference between those Two owls, one, and then... Uh, one sounds like a barn, the other <laughs> sounds like a screech. Come on. It's right there. Matt, what does a barn sound like? You know. Howdy. What? <laughs> howdy. <laughs> howdy. Do you expect, like, Bilbo, who's, like, the most homebody of person that doesn't want to go on adventure to screech or hoot like a barn owl when he's in peril? I'll have you know that part of Hobbit education is studying the different owls and what sounds they make. So everyone knows what a barn owl sounds like. I don't think that's true. <laughs> yeah, I'm making Apple that up. Owl, oh, owls. Okay, I was going to say, I don't think that's real. Hootie who? Right? <laughs> Go, owls. That's, that's exactly the sound they make. Go, owls. I just remember in Wind Ensemble, they gave us the KSU theme, like the fight song to play for that video that they made that was on YouTube and everyone was like cringing on because no one could <laughs> sing in that video. From the mountain will bring spirit. <laughs> <laughs> but for real, like, I think like it was like, go owls. And then it was hoot owls. And they wanted us to scream it out loud. And Everybody in Wood Ensemble was just like, no, we're not <laughs> saying that. Who owls? Yeah, it was like, go owls, hoot owls. And we were like, fuck no. I feel like they could have just left that hoot or go owls. Yeah, but now it's like fight owls. Yeah, fight owls? Yeah, as much as I like owls, saying fight owls doesn't really have a nice ring to it. Owls are just so adorable, though. Like, baby owls? Yeah, they don't, they're not a fight type of bird. No, they didn't fight when they ran into my windshield on the highway. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still traumatized from that. It was broad daylight at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Owls are, I don't know what that owl was doing. He was delivering mail to Hogwarts. 
Well, he didn't make it back home. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it was Jeez. It was Pigwidgeon. Is that his name? Pig. It's a little pig. Ron's little baby owl. Yeah, well, I guess I killed Ron's baby owl, so... Oh, my God. <laughs> anymore. Jeez. <laughs> That's what they need in Middle Earth. They need owls to fly them. No, they need giant owls to fly in places because the eagles don't do anything. No, I don't. Like, literally, the adventure would not have happened then because they would have just writ, writ on the owls to Sauron or whatever, the evil guy Yeah, is. I mean, they would have had a 30-page book and we'd all been happy. Easy peasy. <laughs> Simple solutions. So Bilbo having the knowledge of which owls to sound like and not sound like for his various commands, <laughs> he sneaks forward and he sees that the trolls have a lot of food and a lot of beer. Jelly. Those are my two favorite things. Honestly, same. I love how simple their names are compared to the dwarves because their names are Bert, William, and Tom. My dad's like, name is Tom. Bill, Bill and Tom. I've got bad news for you. That's your dad. Oh, shit. <laughs> your, your dad is a troll. What is this? Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> Bilbo is super scared to take something or do anything, but he also doesn't want to go back to the group empty-handed, so he tries to pickpocket one of the trolls, and he ends up getting caught. Sucks. Basically, he defeats the purpose of what a hobbit's supposed to do. He's like, wah, 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 you failed. They basically ask what he is, and he's like, a burra hobbit, which I thought was, like, good save? Maybe? <laughs> it was because he's, like, about to say burglar, and then he's also about to say hobbit. But it seems like trolls, even, like, in Harry Potter, are so freaking stupid, so... Isn't that part of their mythology, though? They're, like, supposed to be kind of dense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, I think, taken I from Western European mythology. Yeah. Trolls are dumb. Yeah. They are. Even nowadays, internet trolls. Are yeah, even trolls. internet trolls fulfill this criteria. <laughs> this is why we call oh, them yeah, trolls. trolls. It's funny because some of Bilbo's excuses to get out of that mess are that, oh, I'm a good cook and you don't need to cook me because I can cook you a good meal. And then he ends up also blurting out that he's with a bunch of other people as well and he's like oh no wait no i didn't say that don't worry about it yeah he's basically failing at his job right now he basically sucks under pressure <laughs> i i can feel for him honestly i see why the dwarves didn't trust this guy for real yeah. the dwarves end up coming to the rescue but then they end up getting caught as well mm-hmm. so yeah uh you suck and also bilbo like happens to escape from being like what hung from a sack like, mm-hmm. he yeah. basically hides, like, in the bushes and watches, like, everybody, and he's like, okay, I guess I'm just gonna stay here. Just gonna hide. <laughs> just, gonna, just gonna hide. I mean, I'm Bilbo. <laughs> if I were in that situation. If this was a dark book, though, they would have gone into Bilbo's thoughts about how he was responsible for everyone's death. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. If this was written a hundred years later. <laughs> Inner monologue. <laughs> Can we talk about how William calls Tom a booby? <laughs> Do you not sentences that? sentences what? out of context? Matt, stop being a booby. Booby yourself, said Tom. <laughs> I wonder what that what that is in like old English. Um, tits. 
A tit is a bird, yes. I'm looking it up. I don't know. I, th- I feel like booby is a British thing. Okay, boob in Old English is a stupid person. Fool or a dunce. <laughs> You're boob. So how'd that get translated to, like, breasts? Because they don't like women, duh. Sadly. But also it was applied to birds, like the blue-footed booby, which is an actual bird. I think I've heard of that one, actually. There's also the titmouse. I've heard of a titmouse. So Gandalf, like, comes in out of nowhere and basically confuses the trolls into arguing with each other and procrastinating themselves to staying up until the sun rises, which turns them into stone. Yep. (laughs) Hallelujah. When they turn into stone, basically they're, like, dead, correct? They're never going to come back out? Yeah. All right. I'm pretty sure in the... Fellowship of the Ring, they pass by those exact trolls when they're walking after they get out of the Shire. I'm pretty so sure he references that. Murders them. Yes. Essentially, yeah. In cold stone. <laughs> and is this when they go to the cave afterwards? Like, after they, like, all the doors get rescued, didn't they, like, find the cave? That's chapter four. Oh. So we still have chapter three, which is chapter three, a short rest, is basically a short rest. They don't have much food, even with what they got from the trolls, end up running into a bunch of elves, and they stay there for 14 days, but Tolkien literally says in the book that it was just happy and fun, and therefore it wasn't worth talking about, so he kind of glazes over the whole thing. But they left with provisions and fixed clothes, and Elrond, who is the elf that lives there, says that the swords that they got from the trolls came from the high elves from the west, and then they talk about moon letters from the map. Basically, if you hold the, the map up to the, the certain phases of the moon, it will show... It's like invisible ink, mm-hmm. but with the moon. It'll show like certain writings. And the writing tells them where they're supposed to go through the Misty Mountains. So then they go through the Misty Mountains, and that leads us to Chapter 4, which is Overhill and Underhill, which is the Goblin chapter. Can I say, like... No. Like, I'm pretty sure, because this is like three chapters in, they already met up with Elrond. I feel like it was at least, uh, at least an hour into the movie when they finally yes. met up with Elrond. Like, yeah. I remember a whole tumbling down a hill scene. Yeah, yeah there, there was, was a lot, lot of extra like an hour. Yeah, they, they added a bunch of stuff. Yeah. It's just weird reading this now and being like, oh, wow, they're already at Elrond. I had a lot of mixed feelings towards the movies because... I loved having, you know, a big part of my childhood portrayed on the big screen, but I was also like, there's so much extra stuff in this. Like, you're literally turning a 200-page book into... Yeah. Like, I've heard I've heard people who really love Tolkien, like, even they describe those movies as like, this is too much Tolkien for me. Yeah, it, it seems like it was just more for, like, a blockbuster, like... It's like a money grab. Profit, yeah. yeah. Which is why they split up so many freaking, like, what is it? Like, they split up... The last Twilight like that, and the last Hunger Games like that, and it's just like, come on. Because that was that was like the thing to do. You it's know, Harry like, Potter started that. Yeah, that was the first big thing, and then everybody else felt the need to. There's a lot of details they missed in the movies, which where the movies suck. So if they ever make a series about it, then like. That's really what it comes. To. Yeah, making a two and a half hour movie is like you're gonna lose stuff. So they tried to overcompensate and like yeah. really stretch it out thin to the point where the third movie is all like one giant battle 
and it's just like, okay, I'm watching this for two and a half hours, and they're still fighting. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. But isn't that, like, wait, is Lord of the Rings just one book, correct? Three. Oh, it's three books, okay. He, the way he writes it, he's like, this is one giant book divided into three parts, so. Okay, so that makes why, sense why, like, the first three movies were the first three movies for Lord of the Rings, correct? Yeah, yeah, a book okay. per movie. So they're going up the Misty Mountains, and Bilbo is missing summer activities like berry picking. And I'm, like, honestly saying <laughs> I would love to go berry picking. Can we Never do that when it. we go camping? Yes. Let's do it. But we need to bring Cassie to make sure they're not poisonous. What about to say? Good to know. Because <laughs> so I'll be like, oh, a berry, and Cassie would be like, no. It'd be one of those Hunger Games berries that kills you. There's a scary thunderstorm, and it sends them scrambling into this random cave for shelter. And they're trying to fall asleep in this cave, and suddenly there's goblins that are Loki stealing the ponies. How do you love to steal a pony? Yeah. There's, like, a cave with, like, a huge entrance, and it kind of, like, dips down into, like, a small crevice at the end of the cave is kind of how I imagined it, and I think the ponies are at the back of the cave. And then Bilbo says something along the lines of, like, you know, I had dreams where, like, the crevice at the end of the cave was getting bigger. So I think it was actually a tunnel and probably, like, a small tunnel. Hmm. And the goblins kind of, like, took them. <laughs> I vaguely remember this in the movie. This is the most bloated scene in the movie because they're in the tunnels for a while. Yeah, they had the whole thing with the giant goblin king guy. Yeah, and then the goblins also capture Bilbo and the dwarves, and then they bring him to their king, who's called the Great Goblin, and the Great Goblin basically accuses them of spying, but Thorin just is like, uh, 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 we weren't spying, we were, uh, uh, he pulls out of his ass that they were taking shelter on the way to see relatives, and he lists a bunch of relatives, he's like, you know, my grandparents, my great nephews, my second cousin runs removed, my... My cousins, Biffer, Boffer, and Bomber, and Feely, and Keely. All the Pokemon and their evolutions. Oh. <laughs> Bulbasaur. Bulbasaur. I choose you! <laughs> oh yeah, I was just on my way to go play Pokemon Go. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a Pokestop in here. We were just trying to... <laughs> a I just gotta spin it! I gotta get the legendary raid, you know. When Elrond was looking at their swords in the last chapter, he said that Thorin's sword's name was Goblin Slayer. So, nice. the great goblin, <laughs> yeah, the great goblin sees that they have Goblin Slayer, and you know they're obviously not all about that life. So they accuse Thorin and company of being murderers, <laughs> and <laughs> basically, when everything is, you know, boiling. Uh, Gandalf saves the day by extinguishing all the fires and killing, I forget who, some of the goblins. I don't think he kills the great goblin, but he he kills, like, some of the goblins and sets some of them free. And then they go on this wild goose chase through the tunnels, and they end up cornered and they draw their swords, but their swords are, they glow, and they're really scary to the goblins because it's biter and, what is it, Matt? Biter and... Sting is Bilbo's, right? Yeah. It's, so the goblins kind of go away, and then they, you know, put their swords back, and they kind of wander through the tunnels. 
But then the goblins put on these, like, slipper kind of socks, and they're, like, real sneaky, and they come up behind them, and they grab the company, and they, like, hit Bilbo over the head, and the chapter ends with, like, Bilbo getting a concussion and just passing the fuck out. Yep. Hmm. And right. that's the end of that chapter, and that's the end of this section. It's so weird again. Like, this is basically close to the end of the first movie, and it feels like, you know... Just going through it again, it was brisk. When you were, like, describing it, I was, like, sitting there, like, this is definitely familiar from, like, the first movie. Mm -hmm. But I saw the first movie when it came out, like, fully, um, Mm -hmm. back in, like, what, 2011? Yeah, it was was 2012, I remember, because... uh, Oh, God, 2012? Yeah, because I had just, (sighs) I think it was the summer before sophomore year, our sophomore year. The summer before the world was supposed to end? Supposedly, yeah. <laughs> well, that brings us to the end of this section. Matt, Cassie, is there anything that y'all would like to plug? Because y'all were, like, amazing guests on The Hobbit. Mm-hmm. I mean, as always, I plug my podcast called Mmm Conversations. Mm. We talk about books sometimes. But mostly we just ramble about things we don't really know anything about and try to sound smart in the process. So if you're into hearing my velvety voice, um, I I suggest giving it a listen. It's on all your favorite platforms and some of your not-so-favorite platforms. But um, (laughs) if if you happen to be the one out of ten people that actually use it, uh, then use it listen to it on that. Brad. Cassie, is there anything that you would like to plug? I'm plugging my cats, Flapjacks, Waffles, and Gummy. And they're amazing, and they're better than other cats. (laughs) (laughs) They are are the superior cat. The superior felines. The superior. Oh my gosh. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, you should definitely follow us on social media. You can follow the podcast at at Fiddle and Pipe. You can follow us on Facebook at Fiddle and Pipe Forum. And you mm-hmm. can follow Catherine on Instagram at Cat Flinch Flute. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to say oh, me. Am I supposed to say yours now? <laughs> oh, and if you want to follow Brittany, you can follow her at BM Ross Music. I thought we'd mix it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you really did. You threw me for a loophole right there. I'm not prepared. I was for worried this. I was following Speaking. a fake Brittany. <laughs> I guess you can also follow my Instagram because apparently everybody's doing that now. My middle school oh. students found my Instagram, so they all oh no follow me That's now. That's terrifying. And and they also stole my profile picture. So it's Matthew Matthew dot a dot rich dot nine. Oh, that's why your kids found you. That's basically your name, man. I mean, yeah, but also <laughs> you're probably you're probably right. <laughs> If you want to support us a little bit more, you can donate to us on patreon.com slash fiddle and fight. For $2 a month, you will get access to all of our bloopers and outtakes from every episode. And trust me, there are so many. Our episodes these days are getting to be like an hour and 30 minutes and they're trimmed on to an hour or less. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot. And, or for $5 a month, you can get access to our bloopers not takes and our happy hour podcast, which is we grab a drink and we shoot the shit. Hey, it is a subscription, not a donation.
it, yeah, it's not even a donation when you get so much great stuff in return. That's not, yeah, that's a subscription. You guys are offering actual content. Yeah, we have a whole other podcast, you guys. And we have some exciting new stuff coming up soon. So stay tuned. Yeah. Don't miss out. We be reading books that are not just on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Are these spicy books? Uh, spicy, yes. What else do we have to announce, Catherine? If you love us but you can't subscribe to our Patreon, then you should definitely just go on Apple Podcasts because we know that you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts. We see mm-hmm. your statistics right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. You can give us a rating and Please. a review. And we Please. would love to know what you guys think about the podcast. Seriously, like, we want to know what you guys think. We want We want you guys to listen and we want to, like, give you guys content that you want to hear. And if you are listening on Spotify, because Spotify is lame and you can't make a review, rate us. Just rate us. Please. Probably five stars. And I think that's about that's it. it. Right? Wow. Mm-hmm. This was a fantastic episode. Matt, thank you as always for coming on. And Cassie, I'm so happy that you're... Yeah, thank you. Podcast premiere went successfully, and I love you both. Yeah, I feel like I messed up. I didn't realize when you started the episode. (laughs) You were totally fine. We do like the coldest of opens on this podcast. It's so random. We tried to make it as natural as possible because it's really weird when you talk for like 20 minutes and then you're like, we're recording and no one says anything. Yeah, we've done that a million times and it never worked. (laughs) On that note, I guess we will see y'all next week. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.